Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Satisfied, satisfied when contentment meets Pleasure. So we've been answering the question, how do we replace our overworked, overstressed, overstimulated lifestyle with one that creates space, allows time for our souls to be satisfied in and through our relationship with God? Uh, In John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he gives us four disciplines that help us stay on pace to find satisfaction, we've discussed three already, signs and solitude, uh, Sabbath, simplicity was last week. Dr. Patterson did an amazing job preaching the word. Let's give it up for him. Uh, he is out of town, graduation trip, uh, but let's encourage him. Today we're going to talk about the final spiritual discipline, which is slowing, slowing. And so my title today is Slow down, slow down. See, I, I thought this was going to be something hard for us, but by the way, we came in slow today. <laughs> I said, we may be good. Well, I may not need to preach today. We may, we really good, at, you know, on Sunday morning. We good at this. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trying to get it slowed down. All right, question for us today. Question for us today. Which line is the worst to wait in? Which line do you hate waiting in the most? Atlanta traffic, rush hour rain traffic. The Walmart checkout line. The one in Union City, Walmart checkout line in Union City, (laughs) theme park rides. You know, I I grew up in Kissimmee, right by Orlando, going to the theme parks. After a while, I was like, I just don't want to wait in line. You wait an hour, and the and the the rides like two minutes. It just don't make no sense to me. And then they make you buy the little speed pass. Come back at this time and it's still a line. It's still a line. DMV. Or driver services. Georgia renamed it driver services. I said, you know, they're trying to get away from the DMV. That's all I knew, girl. Go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And you know what it was going to be like. Now, I do got to say. I took Tata to the DMV to get her ID right downtown Atlanta, and they did, they did a good job. Ain't that right, Tata? We were in and out. They were amazing. So, all right, Atlanta traffic. I figured. I figured that one. Well, speaking of going to the DMV, I, I couldn't help but think of this clip from, you know I love my kid movies, Zootopia. <laughs> Y'all know that one? Go ahead. That little bunny is a cop trying to help solve a case, and he got, she, you know, she got the, the fox, you know, trying to help her out, and uh, they go to the DMV to, to run a license plate for someone they're looking for. Let's, let's show this. 
Well, I was hoping you could run a play for us. We are in a really big hurry. Sure. What's the plate? Two nine T number. Two nine T H D zero three. Two nine T H D zero three. T H D zero three H D zero three D mm -hmm. zero three zero three. Hey, Flash, want to hear a joke? No. Sure. What do you call a three-humped camel? I don't. No. What do you call a... Three-humped camel. Three-humped camel. Pregnant. Ha! <laughs> 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 ah, yes, uh, very funny, very funny. Can we please uh, just focus on the text? Hey. Wait, wait, wait. Priscilla. Oh, no! Yes? Flash? What? <gasps> do. No! You call. A three-humped camel? Pregnant! Okay, great, we got it! Please, humped. just... How many of y'all feel the bunny's pain? It's hard even watching this clip. Man! You know, in our culture, slow is bad and fast is good. We cut people off in conversation when they're going too slow. Ain't that right? You go th I mean, we, we race past them on our way to work or on our way to church. We give them the side eye when they're taking too long at the register. And we get really mad if some come up at the register. Like, shouldn't you have figured it out before you got in line? There's other people that work at the grocery store, not just the cashier, right? I'm guilty of that. When someone has a low IQ, we dub them slow. When the, when the restaurant service is lousy, we call it slow. When a movie is boring, we again complain that it is slow. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines slow as mentally dull, stupid, naturally inert or sluggish, lacking in readiness, promptness, or willingness. Slow is bad and fast is? We like fast. That's why we like Chick-fil-A. We like the chicken. But most of the time, it don't matter how many cars are in that drive-thru. You're going to get through that line. We like fast, so we like Chick-fil-A. Amazon is fast. We like fast. It's like I order something, the ring is like, somebody's at your door. I'm like, already? Like, how? We like fast. Amazon is fast. We like fast. I need this, and I don't, don't want to wait in line. I don't know about y'all, but I've gotten, you know, any podcast fans out there like their podcasts? I like listening to mine a little faster so that 
I don't, I don't got time to hear it regular. 1.25 or 1.5? I'm trying to get through it. I'm trying to get through it. Sometimes I go to two sometimes. I'll even go to two if I'm trying to get to, I'm on a road trip or something. I got to get to the end of it before the road trip. I'll go to two, you know? Even baseball, we got mad it's too slow. Now they sped it up. They sped baseball up. Can you believe that? Huh? You like it? No, right, Jazz? It's, it, ain't, it just ain't the same. Look, we just, we want everything fast. Because slow is bad, but fast is good. But this lifestyle in which efficiency is Lord, it's taking a toll on us. Psychologists and, and uh, mental health professionals are now talking about a new epidemic of the modern world. They call it hurry sickness. They label this a disease. It's a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiety. It, it, it's when a person feels chronically short of time and tends to perform every task faster and then gets flustered when encountering any type of delay. Symptoms of hurry sickness include moving from one checkout line to another <laughs> because it seems shorter or faster. Or y'all know how we do. You go in that line, I'll stay in this line. We'll see which one gets me. We, we were at Family Dollar. I introduced my daughter to what we do. Baby, going over there in that line. And then she's anxious. She's like, mine's going faster. Should I stay, Daddy? Should I go? You're good until one of us gets to the register. Okay, come on. We're going to be faster over here. Come on. I think I just infected her with hurry sickness, y'all. Symptoms include counting the cars in front of you and getting in the lane that seems to have the least or is going the fastest. Good luck trying that in Atlanta traffic because you'll get over to the HOV and that may be slower than the, than the other lanes. You weaving in and out, all of a sudden you get stuck <laughs> and then the people that you just passed are passing you. Or you ever... Or, or, or anybody ever pass you like on the two lane and they pass and then you, gotta, and then you find them at a stop sign and you're like, look at them like, see, you're doing, all, you're doing too much. Don't lie because you've done it too. It's a little humbling too. You get to the same place at the same time <laughs> and you're trying to go faster. Another symptom, multitasking to the point of forgetting a task. Yes. You ever, you ever had this thought like, ooh, I need to get on social media because I need to check this or I need to look at this. And then you get on and you're like, why am I even on here right now? <laughs> like, I, I've done that, you know. And it's kind of funny until it's not. Check out this quote about multitasking from the author. Multitasking is the drive to be more than we are to control more than we do, to extend our power and effectiveness. Such practice yields a divided self with full attention given to nothing. This one is so convicting, especially when we think in terms of relationships. 
a divided self with full attention given to nothing or no one, not our spouse, not our kids, not our friends, not even our God. See, but the opposite of multitasking is what? To be fully present. So when's the last time you can say, I was just, I was fully present? Are you fully present now? Can you think about those moments? I can't. I mean, those are fulfilling, satisfying moments, right? It's convicting because you know what takes time? Love. You know who is love? God. And you know what's the very first characteristic of love in 1 Corinthians 13? Ooh, we know it. We know it. Love is patient. Why is this the first one? I think God knows that true love is painfully time-consuming. Now, I'm talking about true love. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I like how you make me feel until you don't, and then I'm going to cut you all type of love. I ain't talking about, that's, I ain't talking about that love. You know, I'm talking about the I'm committed to you type of love, and I'm committed to you to giving you a type of grace that only God can give. That kind of love, and the truth is that hurry and true love are incompatible. Think about the last time you were in a hurry, trying to get the family out the house. Mad, frustrated. Isn't it? Maybe this morning, on the way to church. You know how many fights, Satan is so busy, son. You know how many fights happen on the way, just getting out the house, on the way to church? Oh, let you have a newborn. It takes so much longer to do anything, to get anywhere. You got to pack more stuff. You, I mean, they end up doing some crazy right on the way out. I mean, it's just like, whew, once you get to the place, you're just like, ah, oh, we actually made it. <laughs> Maybe you were late to work or an appointment and you had road rage. Man, that happened on the way, on the way here. On the way here, somebody like cut us off, and then the person next to us got mad, beat the horn, and then acted like they were gonna hit the truck. My wife was like, "Like that? Why would that be helpful? Like, you're gonna hit that car because you're mad and you're in a rush." And I was like, "Watch that person go to be on the way to church." It was like a maroon Nissan Altima. Anybody on that one? Or you're in a conversation with somebody, you ever been here, they're pouring out their heart, they want your time, but you just don't have the time, right? Or you're distracted, and you just don't even have the time to be compassionate or empathetic in that moment, because you're thinking about where you're trying to go, or you're late, or something else, the time, just don't have the time in that moment. You know, hurry is a form of violence on the soul. I like that line from the book. Hurry is a form of violence on the, on the it, Hurry kills love. Hurry kills wisdom. It kills creativity. You ever try to be creative in a rush? The only way to rescue our souls from the violence of hurry is to choose to slow down. Or a more biblical phrase is practice patience. Patience is called for in our relationship with God. The scriptures say to wait on 
the Lord. Patience is commanded in our relationship with others. The scriptures say, be patient with everyone. Patience is required in our relationship with our trials and tribulations. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Patience is a non-negotiable if we want to finish the race. The scriptures say, be patient as you wait on the Lord's return. Just because we can go fast doesn't mean we have to. Doesn't mean we should. God doesn't. He can he chooses not to. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's definition of slow is not the same as ours. He created time. He can exist outside of time. God has his own sense of timing. Now, there is an old saying. Some of y'all may know this. It starts off like this. He may not come when I want him, but he'll... He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. You know the problem with that? It ain't true. He may not come when I want him. That ain't true. As Christians, the Holy Spirit is always with us. We're never alone, right? Now, he may not say yes when I want him to, or ever for that matter, but his decisions are not just right. They also come at the right time. Maybe a better way to say it is this. God is never in a hurry, but he is always on time. Maybe that's a better way. He is an on-time God. Yes, he is. Now, in context, this scripture is talking about the coming of the Lord, right? That Jesus is coming back. Now, some of us better be really glad that God is slow. <laughs> like, we should be really happy about that. Or, or you know, that he's patient, right? Can you imagine if the reason Jesus hasn't come back yet is because of you? <laughs> you know, it's like, Lord Jesus, come on back. The angels are like, come on, is, is it time yet? No, he still got to get some things together. Come on, God. Come on, we, we need to go ahead and finish this. We need to wrap this up. It's been a while. You know, Moses up there like, dang, we still waiting? <laughs> is it time today? Is today the day? Jesus like, no. She's still learning some things. Can you imagine you're the last person to get baptized before Jesus comes back? It's like, push. You hear the trumpet start by. Okay, we're good now. God's like, I'm satisfied. We made it. If God is doing his part to slow down and be patient with us so that we can repent, the question is, are we doing our part to slow down so that we have time to focus on the things that matter the most and find a pace that allows us to love and be loved? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I love this poem in Ecclesiastes 3. It says this, it says, there's a time for everything 
and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. You know, I always looked at the scripture in terms of just embracing seasons, which I think is accurate, right? Because I don't know about you, we don't like seasons. There's only one season we like. Season of success. I like that season. And I understand, I grew up in Florida. We only have one season. Hot. I like that one season thing. I just do. But then you move up north and you like, wow, I've been missing out on like the beauty of, you know, fall changing colors and spring, you know, flowers blooming or even snow can be beautiful. And some people like snow, Keegan. <laughs> But reading this passage in this season of life and then continuing to read it in context, I believe there may be another message in here if we keep reading. Verse 9, what do workers gain from their toil? So this whole poem about time and the very next next verse is about work? What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. You have this epic poem, the next verse about work. What do workers gain from their toil? What are we gaining, church? What are you gaining from your hard work? Is it a burden or are you satisfied? Then it says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. And so I asked myself and I ask you, do we even have time to experience all that God has made beautiful? Yes, we just read that there's a time for everything, that these things are available to us, but do we have time to mourn and to weep, to mend and to heal? Do we have time to laugh and to dance, to embrace and to love? Verse 12 says there's nothing better for people than to be happy and do good while they live. That each may eat and drink and be satisfied in all their toil. That this is a gift from God. 
Are we running our race at a pace that allows us to be happy and do good? There's a reason those two are together, being happy and doing good. They often go together. Now, uh, Dr. Patterson last week shared a little bit about our, treat, our trip to Israel, and uh, we had a good time. And, uh, no, I, you know, I... I leave my revenge to the Lord, you know what I mean? Mike, if you're, if you're watching online, I'm sure you will at some point. Just, I, you know, I don't pay back evil for evil, you know? <laughs> Last week, he decided to show a picture of, yes, that was me, um, but it was not satisfying. That picture was not satisfying. But this is on our flight. We're about to take off from Atlanta to Newark. We had a layover in Newark, New Jersey. And uh, we were excited. We're ready to go. And the flight gets delayed. Okay. But then you get on, and they're like, oh, we can make up the time. You know how the, and you're like, okay, we can make up the time. All right. They, they scheduled time for, you know, interruptions, right? For delay, schedule that in there. I'm like, okay, good. We get there. We're laying. We're making good time. Like, okay, we're good. We're fine. We have enough time. It's going to be in, in the same terminal, a long ways away. That gate is, ooh. But it's going to be at least in the same terminal. So we get there. We land. And then we just stop. And we're like, what are we doing? Oh, the plane before us is still at the gate. It's going to be a few more minutes. I'm looking at our... And this is right after I preached that sermon. Remember, I was like, be, uh, be still. Wait. Off. And I said it like three times, still. It's the worst thing about being a preacher. God always makes me live out my sermons. And I'm thinking, I'm like, am I about to miss this flight to Israel? And you can't do anything about it. There's nowhere to go. You can't yell. You can't complain. You can't take different lanes of traffic. You can't pick a different line, at, like at the register. There's nothing else you can do but pray. And I just prayed, and I tried to stay at peace because I remembered what I had said. And, you know, I feel like years ago, like, they would let the people that were connecting off the plane first. Maybe they still do that in Delta. I went flying Delta. I was flying United. It was a little cheaper. I'm sorry. That's my problem. That's my fault, Brunia. I take full responsibility. <laughs> you get what you pay for. I wasn't supposed to say the name of the airline. I told myself. I wasn't gonna... So we finally get off the plane. We have like 15 minutes. So what do we do? Run. <laughs> Run. Me and Mike running. We got a brother. We running. We running. 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 I leave Mike. We running. We running. I'm running in this terminal. And I and I end up at a dead end. I'm like, this isn't the gate. We missed the sign. We were supposed to make a right. So I start running back. Mike is running this way. Mike, come on, we're going back this way. Man, 
said, I'm running. My legs are burning. I'm sweating. I'm passing people by. I'm bumping little kids. Get out of my way. I got to make it to the Holy Land. I don't need to be holy right now. I can be holy when I get there. Get there sweating, hot, tired. And then the TSA folks taking their time. They ain't rushed. They're good. They ain't got a flight to catch. But we made it with time on the clock. It was fine. It was fine. All that running, huffing and puffing. And you know, you know what the problem is? That's how we live our lives. We're rushing from one place to another. We miss the signs when God is trying to direct us. God, guide me. God, guide me. I'm just running. God's like, turn back around. It's dead end, baby. You're running in the wrong direction. Turn back around. Get your boy, too. Get your girl. You guys are all running. <laughs> and then half the time, once we get to that place, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Like, text them. I'm going to be five minutes. It's okay. Whatever it is. Now, even in life, we feel hurried about the place we're at in life, right? Like, we're not there yet. Like, we got to get to this certain space, place, house, situation, job, right? It's like everything's a rush. And once you get there, it's like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, what I have um, learned is that uh, we don't give ourselves time for detours. Um, you know, we just think about the next thing so much that we miss out on opportunities along the way to love, right? Opportunities that God gives us to love people. Um, like, practically, like, just giving ourselves more time at church just to fellowship. Like, instead of, like, just coming in leaving. It's hard to do that anyway at this church. But planning it, like, I'm going to get there early just to encourage somebody or I'm going to stay a little late, you know, whatever it may be, right? Um, time to catch up with a coworker or neighbor. Just that time, that flexibility, right, where you're not so busy at the job that you can't say, how's your week going? How was your weekend you look down, are you okay? Right? Time to listen to our children. Sometimes our children are acting up simply because they don't have our undivided attention. Our kids need that. They want that. They desire that. So do you have time, like just setting aside time aside to be able to do that, to go on dates with our spouses? Some of us, we haven't been on dates in a long time. And it's simply because we're, it's just, we're just too busy, too much in a rush. Or even to go on dates with potential spouses. Some of us, we, we praying, God, we don't want to be single. You ain't acting like it because you ain't making time. You make time to work. You make time to work. But are you making time just to build relationships? Like everything, you can't just get everything by swiping. Like it's not going to happen. It's just not. Like it's just not. It just takes time. Time to laugh, to cry, to dance. Jesus was interrupted all the time, but he was never in a hurry. Some of the greatest miracles happened in interruptions. Like he was going somewhere, and they, or he was preaching in the house, and they, they put a, 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 um, a paralytic through the roof. <laughs> he's, going to, 
heal somebody's daughter and somebody that's bleeding is touching. Like, that's happened all the time. And I believe Jesus has built that in his schedule, that flexibility to be able to love and be loved. This week, my challenge to us is make time in your schedule for holy interruptions. Make time in your schedule for holy interruptions. And here's just a few things, a few tips to slow down our souls. You ready for number one? To drive the speed limit. Already? Drive slow, homie. Drive slow. Drive slow, homie. Listen, I've tried this even before. It actually works. Because half the time when I'm driving, I'm so stressed out. Like, just to take time just to breathe, pray, to sing. I sing. I sound good. I sound good. In the car by myself, I sound good. Just try it out. Get in the right lane. Get in the right lane. Number two, give yourself more time in your schedule in between appointments. Even if you're on Zoom. Done at 10, I got a 10 o'clock. Like, give yourself 30 minutes. I'm just saying, because that's what I do. I'm like, just give yourself, no, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> it's called, you know, just self-care. 30 minutes. Take lunch breaks. I didn't put that on there. Take lunch breaks, like real lunch breaks. You know, folks be going out there to smoke their cigarette. Take your little time. You know what I mean? They get their 15 minutes. You know, take your time. <laughs> get in the slow lane at the grocery store. I said, no, I ain't doing that one. I'm sorry. I ain't there yet. Uh-uh. But listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. Talk to people in line. Some of, oh, there's nobody open. I don't have anybody to reach out to. Sit in the grocery store at the line, and you'll be able to make some friends. Invite somebody to church. They're waiting just like you. This one I love is going on a prayer walk. Man, I go on a prayer walk in the mornings, and I just breathe, and I just thank God, and I just look at the sun, and I just look at the trees, and I just need, I have like a 15-minute walk, and then a 30-minute walk. Sometimes I'm in a rush, so it's a 15-minute walk. <laughs> the irony, right? But I get it in. I get it in. Last one, Fast. Isn't it funny, ironic, that fasting, fast, doing a fast, actually makes you slow down? The irony in that. Fasting can actually be a blessing to us because we don't have the energy to go, 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 go. And so in some ways, God makes us sit down, slow down. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I've been, there's times when something happens to me, like I get sick. And it's like, you ever heard somebody say, yeah, God was slowing me down. God knew I needed to slow down. Why do we have to wait till we get sick? We get hurt. Yeah, God knew I needed to chill. So God cares that much about us slowing down that he's willing to make you go, like, be unwell physically? Is that what we need, like, to physically, like, lay us down and have the flu? That, we say that. 
I don't know if God says it, but we say it because we're convicted. We know we ain't living right. (laughs) I needed to slow down. This is what I needed. It's going to take some time to get used to. It's like listening to the podcast on a fast mode. You may take it down a notch, and then it sounds slow, but it's still like like 1.5. You think you're slow, but you're still fast. So it's going to take, be patient about growing in our patience. I will say a warning. When you pray about being patient, God's always like quick on that one. He's going to give you some opportunities. But here's the thing. If we start cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we have to wait, right, that's how fast our world is, like we have to be deliberate about slowing down, then maybe we can slow down our souls to a pace at which they can taste, that we can taste and see that the Lord is good and that life in in this world, in his world, is good too, okay? Um, Let's go ahead and pray for our communion. God, um, forgive us, Lord. We move really, really fast. And um, you're slow, God. You, you have your own definition of slowness. You are very patient um, with us, God. You take your time. You take your time to create this world. You take your time to create us nine, ten months in the womb. I mean, you take your time. Like, all great things, I guess, just take time. And uh, we don't know that all the time, Lord. And so we just ask you, God, to help us slow down so that we can experience you in a deeper way. So that the things that we do will be at an overflow of our relationship with you. Um, a satisfaction that we find in you, Lord. And just help us to be deliberate about choosing um, choosing what's most important. And spending time with you and with the people that we love the most. Please, God, we ask that you will help us make Jesus Lord of our time again. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you that that he took the hard route, the slow route. Thank you for um, his body that was broken and his blood that was shed on the cross so that we could have new life in you, a life that can find satisfaction in you, a life that can trust your timing in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.